0: So, Jay, Jack, Jack, Jay, you literally uh, met three seconds ago. Nice
1: to virtually meet you, Jack. (laughs)
2: Met is also a very strong word for what just happened. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like I have been served in supermarkets by people who I've met more.
0: (laughs) So, yeah, um, we should introduce you, Jack. You are um, in Berlin by choice. What's the alternative? Uh, You are originally from Australia.
2: This is true. It was, it was like a forced accidental choice, which I don't regret.
1: <laughs> Tell us a little bit more. A forced accidental choice.
2: Yeah, it was forced upon me by visa problems in the UK. And then once it happened, I was like, wow, this is actually better. and then i never left it just kept getting more longer and longer and longer and then i slowly became one of those expats in like um
0: he's doing quotation marks with his fingers
2: (laughs) immigrants where they where i um am horrific at the local language but have lived here for Nearly 10 years. Oh,
1: God. So, my question to you, Jack, how long did it take for you to feel, like, established in Berlin, especially if you were, like, not necessarily planning on being there? Like, how long did it take you to feel like you were actually a part of the city? I
2: would say it happened, it went in two quite distinct phases because I was here for a few years when I started working and I started living and I moved into the apartment where i still live now and i got like a solid base and then i actually like came out half like a few years after that and then my like second phase of berlin started as like a gay man in berlin which very much like cemented my feeling of uh comfort here for sure or just like i don't know that was when i really felt like i proper cemented myself here but that was also when i became more in touch with me as a person i suppose for sure oh so that was after three years but i don't like i still wanted to live here forever and do everything even before that so berlin i think would be where i wanted to be even if i was closeted
1: (laughs) that's definitely uh, that's a topic we could talk about all day (laughs) um definitely i would say um when I, I was there for maybe five days and I felt a lot more, I would say, just in tune with myself. It's a great place for self-discovery and I feel like self-acceptance as well mm-hmm. because it's so diverse um, and it's so inclusive mm. that like even if you feel out of place, I guarantee you there's someone who feels even more out of place, which makes you feeling more in place yeah. a little bit easier, you know?
2: Yeah, I definitely feel, I feel like the word diverse for Berlin is different to the word diverse or like when you describe a city like London as or Paris as diverse, I think you feel it feels more diverse when you're walking around the street and you're seeing a lot of different people who all look very different. Mm-hmm. In Berlin, when I first moved here after living in London, it did not feel diverse. It was oh. like, I was like, oh my God, what? What? Like, it was unbelievably homogenous And then, but then once you slowly discover the city, you feel that like the way people think is much, is diverse here, I would say. And it has become more also culturally diverse uh, over the years, but it is, it is a weird place and you feel, I don't know, it's a place you, like Paris is superficially beautiful You go there and you walk around you're like, yeah, oh, my God, everything is so beautiful. The people, the buildings. And then in Berlin, you get here and you're like, what the hell? It's ugly. (laughs) (laughs) Like, why do people, why are people living here? It's so great, especially in the winter. It's quite traumatic. But then you learn to love it. And because you've like, you've learned to love it in a way and you see it's like inner beauty, you I don't know, feel stronger for the city, for sure. This has gotten really deep, really <laughs> fast. I love it.
1: I, lo- <laughs> I love that. Um, how did you guys meet? We
0: met mm. at Apple. We both yeah. started working in the Berlin Apple Store in 2012. Mm-hmm. And Jack was already an Apple employee because he came from the UK. I was just starting. And it was a really good time because... We started there, but we couldn't actually work in Berlin yet. Um, It was a very weird situation. And so they sent us around Germany to travel. And I have very vivid memories of Jack and I being in Hamburg and like goofing around in the subway station, me trying to make you say (laughs) Friedrichshain. (laughs) (laughs) i I still have that video i can pull it up maybe
2: oh my god Uh, i would love to see those videos and you
0: were such a baby like looking at this video
2: a child oh my god berlin definitely also ages you (laughs) like nah you're still a baby but i don't know when you check when you when i look at old pictures i'm like what happened
1: (laughs) what happened what else jay um what do you enjoy doing the most in berlin
2: What I enjoy doing the most in Berlin, I think, I mean, I enjoy cycling a lot. (laughs) Which is is what we're going to talk about. Which is very handy for um, today's topic. I think what I enjoy most is my free time in Berlin, which I did not have. When I lived in London, I used to work all the time and I loved it. And then, when I moved to Berlin, and I saw and I clicked with the different pace of the city, and I realized that hey, I actually don't have to be at work all the time to afford to live here or to exist, which definitely is not the case in London. Uh, I then became much more conscious of my like time outside of work and where I want to be and what I want to do and how much more valuable this time is and how much more valuable your life is when you're not at work. Like the the days or the weeks that you're on holiday when you're not at work, they feel like years and then a week at work can pass by in a second you're like, oh my God, but like you just experienced a whole, like the same week of your life, but one was meaningful and full of new things and one was just blink and it's over. So I think my free time is definitely something that I never want to give up.
1: <laughs> I feel you. I mean, that never free, ever. Time, free time is, I think, very important. I think the COVID taught me that definitely of just like how valuable oh, it yeah. is and like how much... And if if you utilize it the right way, and I this is why I really like Berlin, because there's a lot to do. If you utilize it the right way, you mm-hmm. can really discover a lot more about yourself, about the city, about your passions, about your creativity, whenever you just kind of let yourself explore. Like the thing I'm excited the most to do when I get to Berlin is simply explore, like not really have an agenda, but just see what's out there and just see what like calls to me.
2: Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Yeah. I mean it's hard I think I spoke I heard you talking on the first episode about when you went out when you first came to Berlin and you um, and you really felt much more yourself and I can definitely relate and I think that there are people you'll meet in Berlin in places that you can't like uh, in places that you didn't know that you would be kind of and then you'll remain friends with them for so long and they'll be very it'll change your life I think.
1: Yes, exactly. Okay, now my whole thing about exploring kind of can lead into like our first question about how do you explore Berlin?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, I do as much as I possibly can on my bike because I'm very impatient and I love the idea of public transport. But the reality, I mean, I love public transport much more than I like cars are just like not a thing in my mind. I grew up in Australia where you had to have a car to get around. And the realities of having a car are so annoying. Very annoying. Public transport, next best I thing. Agree. Great. But what I can't stand, especially in the winter, is waiting for the next bus or the next train. And so, those downtime periods, I just can't deal with. And when I was in London, I lived with a, a bike messenger. And they got me into cycling around the city and just getting and as soon as I started cycling through the streets you get to know the city so much better you connect all these different spots that you knew kind of as little bubbles and that kind of changed my whole my like whole lifestyle around exploring cities I no longer use public transport it was all by bike I would take my bike on holiday I almost Oh, no, I didn't have my bike when I was in Houston. And I'm glad I did because I think it would have been useless. But I did have it when I I went with my bike to New York. And I've had it in London and Berlin and Paris. And so I would say cycling around is the only way to go.
0: I I really agree on your point that it gives you a different image of the city because public transport is great. It's very efficient in a way. Yes, you have to wait, but also the next subway is usually only five to ten minutes away. But since you're traveling underground underground for most of the time, you never kind of connect the dots. Like you said, okay, now this is this station. And then when you start cycling, you're like, oh, you see the subway station from the outside and you're like, Okay, that's what this looks like from above the ground. Now I understand like the route that I've been taking for the past 6 months. Now I understand what's happening and it's I mean it's so simple really, but it makes a huge yeah. difference.
2: Just my whole I was just uh traveling with some friends and we were in a city where no one rides. So, I mean people do ride but we we couldn't ride. We lived in the suburb suburbs kind of. And so, we did everything by bus or by car. And I was completely lost the entire time in the city. I could not get my bearings because my sense of direction was wholly dependent on what way I got out of the bus. And it would always be different. And it was a city where there was a coastline. So, theoretically, it should have been quite easy to be like, oh, yeah, that way is the beach. That means this way is north, this way is south. Okay, I got it, got it, got it. But it was impossible. And with a bike, that just doesn't happen.
1: That's fair. So... I am coming from a a world where I've never, ever had to use a bike. I've always had my car. So aside from it being like kind of, you get to kind of enjoy the city a little bit more. um, What are the top pros of it in terms of costing, in terms of like eco-friendliness, in terms of like um, exploring the city a little bit more? And also what are the cons? Like what type of, what kind of held you back from getting a bike um, in the beginning,
2: I mean, before I started cycling in London, I never could have imagined cycling in London because the roads seem so insane. And it's not like in Berlin, where the roads are huge, and so there's much more space, ok. For the record, the
0: cycling infrastructure in Berlin is also a disaster.
2: I, it has really it's jumped leaps and bounds. It like is just improving. within the last, like, I would say the last 6 to 12 months, it's like they just discovered paint. And they have been like, oh my God, we have a lot of space. We could just paint the roads and make them all for cyclists. The problem
0: with paint is that it you can easily ignore it. and
2: This is true. I think what there was like some weird guerrilla setups that the city did during COVID where they somehow tricked people into accepting bike lanes on streets that I don't know if they were there, meant to be there. But they created these really wide, really spacious, disconnected from the car's bike lanes in, during COVID.
0: In a few places, in very a few, few places. But
2: a very few key places for where I live, <laughs> which does feel like a very far, long way from where you live. Yes. Uh, but it has really, really improved, yeah. like internally within the city, I would say.
0: But hearing just, Jay, you say, you know, you've never really cycled in a city, Um I would really say hey safety is like I feel like Jack and I well Jack especially cycles very confidently and um but it's a little bit you know those taxi drivers who kind of drive like like they're mad, yet they somehow don't have accidents. I don't know if that's even true. Maybe that's a, that's kind of an urban <laughs> myth. But the, the the myth goes, okay, they're so good at it, right? Because they've been doing it for years and they're doing it kind of around the clock. And so they see things that a normal person doesn't see. I kind of feel like, you know, Jack is a very good cyclist and I also cycle a lot. And so I would just say when you're new in Berlin, definitely cycle but be very defensive never never like cuz doors are opening people are making right turns you never can count on people seeing you and giving yeah. you the right of way
2: i mean i think it's a big thing confidence is key 100% and also taking up your own space making sure that you aren't you you also have a right to be on to be where you are and if you feel confident you'll Give yourself enough space so that if someone does open the door, you're not gonna. Absolutely, it's not gonna hit you. One You meter. might be take. You might be in the lane of traffic, but that is safer than trying to give the car just enough space so that they think, "Oh, I could squeeze through." One hundred percent. Like, I do not in the do the Middle that. of
0: the yeah, lane, yeah. one meter distance take to the space. parking cars, and then the passing cars need, in theory, to to do another meter and a half of distance to you. And that means sometimes, often, that they'll have to wait. They'll have to wait until there's no oncoming traffic. That's fine. They can wait. It's like, and maybe we can go into a little bit of detail. If there's a, if there's a sign, like if there's a bike path, and that bike path has a blue sign, um, I'll put it maybe as the chapter art uh, here. If, if there's like a blue bicycle sign, uh, that means you have to use the bike path. Mm. But very often, that sign isn't there. And it's not there for a reason because it's often just a tiny bike path. Yeah, the bike path can be terrible quality, and honestly, less safe than the road. And you don't have to use the bike path in that moment. You can use the road, and it's fine.
2: Yeah, and just know that you are allowed to be there, and that you taking up your taking up more space is safer for you. Yes, often, and so you have to be a little bit. I don't want to use the word selfish, but maybe it's a bit
1: selfish. I mean, they're being selfish too. <laughs>
2: exactly, they're being selfish. And also if they, this same car is gonna have to like double parking, especially in certain districts in the city, it's like the norm. And so these cars who are trying to race past you are just gonna have to veer into the other lane anyway in a hundred meters because there's some other car that is blocking their lane just parked, right? double parked. And so I think if they're gonna do that for the car, they can do it for us and in general i've been pretty lucky i haven't had any sort of
0: you had one terrible accident and that was because you had the chain around N- well
2: i it wasn't because of this story time no no <laughs> there's it's be, uh, i've had two accidents one a van swerved into a bus lane and hit me uh, but it was all right and the it was also timed perfectly for someone in the parking lane opening their door so I couldn't swerve away from the van. Uh, but that my bike just got destroyed and then they luckily fixed that all up. That was fine. Then another time I was cycling and I was on the bike path, which normally I would not do on this stretch because bike paths, certain bike paths in the city that were built around a certain time aren't made for bikes. They're just trash and just like not there I feel like they just had to like tick a box somewhere and say, "Look, there's a bike path here. See, we're bike friendly." Ironically, in reality, often they're
0: worse than the than the sidewalk for pedestrians. That's yeah. right next to it, yeah. where where that's like super smooth and flat, and then the bike path literally feels like I don't know, like you're 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 riding on bricks
2: that are just like scattered there. Basically, it's terrible. It's really wild. And so I was riding on one of these bike paths, and my the chain going around my pedals came off so i lost all sort of traction and i went over the handlebars now this is where the debatable part happens (laughs) because i wear my chain you still do i still do this is why it's i would like to not emphasize this part because having my chain anywhere else annoys the hell out of me if i hear my chain rattle I, I can't cycle. It's like, oh my god, please stop, please stop. And the only place that it doesn't do that is when it is over my shoulder. I fell. I broke my collarbone. This can happen with or without a chain over your shoulder. There are, I was in as I was in the I hospital, can't believe this. as I was in the hospital, they wheeled me into a room. <laughs> They, they were like, okay, we're going to take you to another room. As they were wheeling me out, another guy gets wheeled in, also with a broken collarbone from riding a bike. And he didn't have a chain. He probably Case didn't have a chain. Case in point. He pro- it's proven. Anecdotal evidence is evidence. And then I get moved into a room with another cyclist who also fell off his bike, also broke his collarbone. So it's like, come on. And this is the most convenient place for me to have my lock. Maybe
0: it's time to get another lock.
2: Also other locks are more annoying because certain places in the city which actually it's gotten much better the last government was amazing at removing parking sp- spots for cars and putting in bike uh, stands. bike stands uh but a lot of places don't have you don't have this access to like quite a thin pole that will securely hold your bike and so i need the chain to be able to go around a tree or be more Flexible. Flexible. Yes. Yeah. So I need the chain for that. I can't put the chain on my bike because it makes a noise. But
0: I have a chain that has something around it,
2: mm. uh, you know, like... Which gets covered in grime and then will make you dirty.
0: No, which I then wrap around the bar. I feel like... And I it did, doesn't it, rattle. not work. It, it does, rattled. It doesn't it rattled. rattle. Okay. Don't do what Jack <laughs> is doing <laughs> because <laughs> it will increase your chances of a broken collarbone and... Uh,
2: Mm. Yeah. Okay. It, yeah. I'm not saying that's not true. Yeah. I'm not saying that's not true.
0: That's, for, mm-hmm. I don't, I feel like we haven't answered any of your questions, Jay.
1: Yeah. What was the first one? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> It's good. We're going to keep on going. We're going to keep on going. Okay, so I'm I'm kind of... Co- you're convincing me a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, Now my question is going to be more about what type of bike should I get? How much typically do bikes cost? Um, What about bike repairs? And like, how is like bike maintenance?
0: Yeah, and I will just preface this by saying this is part of the reason why Jack is here. Because he literally, together with Hans. I would say, hello, Hans. It if would you're be listening. like
2: 80 20 Hans. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hans, and then 80, me, and then me just sitting there taking photos.
0: Yeah. Uh, they These guys built my bike for me. So uh, he knows
2: what he's talking about. Hans knew what he was talking about. And I was around to soak up a small portion of the knowledge uh, that is extremely um, uh, dependent on the type of bike you have. <laughs> i would say there's a few good styles of bikes you can have in this city it mostly depends on how you, what you feel comfortable riding and so i would say if you have never ridden a bike in a big city you should get a big dutch style bike where you, Yeah, Hollandrad, where you sit up straight and you have a lot of distance you feel quite comfortable you can't go it's not a race bike so you, you can still go quite fast but Not as speedy as some of the people on the races, or like a single speed type bike, but I think that is a good starter. There's also a lot of uh, these style bikes are the kind of bikes that um, you can rent.
0: Yeah, for like a like you pay a month. It's like a Netflix thing -hmm. thing almost. You pay thirty euros a month or something, and then you you just have a bike, and it's like fully serviced. If it breaks, they fix it. If it's stolen, it's insured. And I mean, if you really if you really do the math, it adds up, right? But if you're the kind of person who wants to take the subway during the winter and only wants to ride the bike in the three months that it's nice
2: outside... Uh, I would say it's p- longer than three months. You, I would say there's three months within the year in which you don't want to ride. <laughs> <laughs> you 100% don't want to ride. Like, I would Jack, say- I will
0: just say rides in the middle of winter in shorts and t-shirt with shoes and no socks. Because he I refuses, <laughs> and
2: now I wear socks, but uh I would say January February, not a vibe, not a vibe <laughs> not a vibe, do not ride. I mean you can, you can, and I did for a long time because I felt like I had something to prove <laughs> <laughs> now i'm like, man, I don't care, I don't care. I will take the train in the morning and not feel bad about it um. But this, like these renting bikes are a great starting off point. Yeah. If you don't know anything about bikes, don't know how to repair, if you, because recently I thought that I wanted to support my local bike shop. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do this quite simple repair that I could do myself because I am feeling quite lazy and I also want to support these small mom and pop bike shop that's me always yeah the problem is these small mom and pop bike shops like it was i think they took advantage of me and it cost so much money i basically bought a whole new bike
0: what what did they do and how much did it cost
2: they replaced the ritzel like this the gear on my single speed bike on the back a new chain i think they might have replaced one other thing. Like it was not so much. And it literally cost more than I just paid for a whole bike. How much did it cost? It was like a hundred and I wanna say 170 euros, but I have a terrible memory, but it was up there. Maybe yeah. I also got new tires. Okay, so speaking so speaking of
0: racing bikes, basically what Jack and I ride and what what is amazing what once you feel comfortable is a single-speed racing bike. because, So the way to go about it, or the way we went about it, is you buy a bike, any bike, that is used that has a really good frame. And those frames are often very old because the good ones last. So I think my frame, I think it's from the 70s or something. It is old. 70s or 80s, it's probably about as old as I am. Um, But it's a steel frame, and it's, what's it called, Jack? Where it's not like soldered but it's like like the oh, individual parts are like
2: stuck I once knew this.
0: Like you can tell that that they're stuck into each other instead of just like soldered. It's, it's hard to describe but it's a very high quality frame that's very old and so I bought this used bike for I will say, I, I don't remember it but probably around 200 euros, something like that yeah, probably. Something like that and then Basically, we we changed everything else. Um, so these guys helped me take off the gears and we made it into a single speed. So single speed just means that there's a single gear. So you can change gears. But the thing is, Berlin is not hilly. There's a few little hills, it's but
2: wild flat.
0: you get really used to it quickly. And the benefits really outweigh the disadvantages because the thing is light it doesn't break there's nothing moving it is very minimalistic and clean and just works like i have i never have problems with my chain or anything it just works and yeah we basically changed everything the saddle um we didn't change the handlebars those broke that was a scary moment i was at a at a red light and it was turning green and i kind of put my weight onto the handlebar and one just like yeah. fell off essentially. And then I went to the bike shop and like asked them like, hey, I need a new handlebar. And they were like, oh man, yeah, this is like the original handlebar. F- that's probably like 40 years ago. You should change it every seven years or so because it's aluminum or aluminum. Thank you. Those, Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, the 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 frame <laughs> is steel, but the, the handlebar is the yeah. aluminum, so you need to change it um but that's kind of the way to go like i really love 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 my mm-hmm. bike and it is super reliable and also because it's so old and the frame like is good quality but it just looks old it doesn't look that expensive you know yeah. i feel i feel okay like you still need to be super careful in terms of theft but i feel pretty confident that like it's not like you know some people buy these like matte black racing bikes that just scream steal Steal me
2: me. yeah not that we're blaming them yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's obviously not their fault that their bike got stolen but choices (laughs) were made
0: so basically this would be my recommendation if you don't want to do like a either a a dutch bike, a dutch style bike or a mountain bike or something like that i would just buy a used bike one thing you need to Be a little bit careful. So it it might be good to have bring someone with you who knows a little bit about bikes, because some of these bikes are so old that, and sometimes they're like specific, like specifically French from the seventies or something. And the bike shops will tell you there's no parts for this anymore. Like we literally can't change the pedals, for example, on this bike because those aren't being made anymore, or we can't change the handlebar. So you need to be a little bit careful. But in general, like just get a good frame and then invest another few hundred Euros, but over time to like slowly change everything out and kind of build your own single speed bike. Mm. Not fixy.
2: Yeah, not fixy. I would say single speed's the way to go, especially in Berlin. You don't need you don't need gears to get around. It's much more simple, maintenance. You also really helped me kind of finding the perfect gear, like, cause you then
0: need to decide like how hard do I want to pedal? And I, I, I don't really remember. I guess you guys just had me ride your bikes and you were like, is this too much or too little? And I would err on doing it, like picking one where it feels a little bit too hard because like you get used to it yeah. and you build up. Yeah, some you'll strength get and, yeah,
2: yeah, exactly.
1: Okay. So this is a question I feel like a lot of people are going to want to know. Um, pricing what is a good price for a bike what is like jack had with those um local shop too expensive and what is like too cheap where you're like you don't even want to pay that little because it's not going to be worth it
2: i think the too cheap option it's not because it's not going to be worth it it's 100 because it was stolen (laughs) (laughs) probably around the corner by someone who's just looking for a good time you know like they it's not i feel like bike theft in berlin has definitely dropped it feels really and i feel like you don't just get offered bikes in the street anymore you used to be if you were around certain bridges in berlin people a certain type of person might come up to you and be like hey you want to buy this bike for 20 bucks you're like mm, maybe but it's highly possible that it was stolen so too cheap Eagles stolen if you feel bad about that that's the choice you know that's up to you i would the best place i and most reliable place i would say is there's the markets i think also at the it's been so years and years since i was at mile park no they don't they don't, they don't bikes do bikes there there anymore. anymore i don't think i would so. say uh, eBay ebay which is like ebay but i don't know if you have it in america but it's kind of like a local ebay so it's craigslist essentially basically craigslist um and most of my more recent bike purchases or friends who have bought bikes have uh, purchased them on eBay Kleinanzeigen you can find very nice very good even single speed bikes already on there for less than 200 euros that might require like a fine tune but in general are pretty good and if you're flexible and can also travel like take the train a little bit outside of berlin to go and pick it up you'll pay much less so you can definitely do something for less than t- for around 200.
0: Yeah, and bring someone, like I said, I already said this, but bring someone who knows a little bit about bikes and just pay attention to the frame. Like if the if the wheels have an 8 or something is off, like it doesn't matter. Just, you know, switch those things out. You yeah. will anyway. Just pay attention to the frame and get a good frame. And I think... <laughs> Yeah, you can get a good
1: good Yeah, so like a lot of things it's funny, um Manuel, like you always like bring someone with you. So I think I'm just gonna hire you and Jack just to come <laughs> with me everywhere I go
2: <laughs> for
1: those first few
2: months. Yes. <laughs> is this is also what I was thinking <laughs> on your last episode where you're talking about getting a place and like never give money or documents to someone whose apartment you haven't seen, just send someone there. <laughs> like, people, some people don't know people. Okay, well, if, you,
1: if anyone um, listening wants to give Manuel and Jack a freelancing job, just hit the up to go look at your apartment and check out Byte. <laughs> I
2: mean, too, yeah. I mean, I yeah, it can't be so hard. But, like, I, I do kind of forget that people are moving to the city Starting from literal zero. Literally zero. And where they have no connections, literally zero. And I don't know how they do it. I honestly don't. I don't either.
1: <laughs> That's why we're doing this podcast. <laughs> yeah.
2: It's really, really wild to think that someone can just go from one country, often from another country to another, to a random city. They might not speak the language and then just start existing there. Because so many of the things that... You need to set up in life a place to live, a a way to get around, are so heavily dependent on knowing people. I mean, you can also be okay. You also have to be a little bit okay with when you do move to a place, paying a little bit more for things than you might pay normally because you don't know. Mm -hmm. But then once you do know, start paying less. (laughs) 100%.
1: I mean, this is my third time moving to a random city with people, like um, a place where I've never known anybody. And oh, I mean, wow. you kind of just, you kind of just do it. You like, I think yeah. that's the thrill of it. You kind of know how people like go bungee jumping or they go skydiving. You don't really know if you're going to land or not, but just go and try it.
2: Well, I mean, I think this is when I, when I moved to London and when I moved from Berlin to London, from London to Berlin, hmm? London to I, Berlin. To, I from, think. No, I moved to Berlin from London. Yeah. Ah, okay. I, thought that I could just keep doing this my whole life I was like I can keep going I I've got no strings I can go anywhere I want and now that I don't want to live anywhere but Lund, but Berlin I'm a little bit scared I'm like oh my god what if Berlin gets shit like I don't want to move I want to be here it's a bit daunting Uh, Wanting to be somewhere.
1: Then you'll just be shit in Berlin. (laughs) You will embrace
2: it. (laughs) That's true. Maybe we'll both grow terrible together.
1: (laughs) Okay, my next question, I have three more questions. But my next question is going to be more about like scenic views or whatnot. So where are the best places to just bike and just enjoy your time? Like great places to just go. You just want to just like get out. Just want to clear your mind and just enjoy the scenery.
2: I mean... There are amazing, ama- there's amazing bike infrastructure around Berlin. Like once you get out of the city, the roads actually are very good. There's a lot of dedicated bike paths. There's beautiful forests involved that and you can ride around on lakes. You can go around in literally every direction from the city.
0: And actually, to be honest, this is true for all of Germany. And I've, uh, you know, Americans are always so impressed because you can literally cycle all all through Germany, like from Kiel at the very north to, to all the way at the south. Um, and it's just beautiful. And mm. you're right, like there there are bike paths everywhere, even kind of the big bigger highways, like not the Autobahn but like the big Bundesstraßen like for cars. There's usually a bike path at the side. Otherwise you can just cycle through um, through fields and stuff. And I've done some of these tours, I mean not nearly as Long as uh, you, Jack, have done, um, but you can literally just get an app. Uh, what's the app that you? use the Best one, yeah. And you just put whatever Berlin to Hamburg, and and you and you go and trust, re- the trust the app. <laughs> trust the
2: app. Trust the app. Every time we were like, "Hey, maybe we're smarter than this app." We were, in <laughs> fact, not, and we should have just done what the app said. It's true, it's true because that
0: app knows about it kind of knows. the. the street conditions and stuff and if it's cyclable or not i don't know if
2: that's a word it's like yeah
1: definitely. what's the best place that you've biked to
2: i would say the thing is so bike infrastructure structurally within germany great really good once you get out of s- certain areas in berlin there's not great food in germany <laughs> or it's harder to find I'm sure it exists Uh, I just haven't had it but when I cycled once with a friend through uh, we cycled all the way to Marseille through Germany and then and once we hit France the food there on top of the amazing infrastructure and just riding around the Alps and doing all that that was probably the best that was pretty unforgettable it was just cycling around europe in general is breathtaking especially in the alps where the roads and the people are used to there being cyclists everywhere so you don't feel unsafe there's the infrastructure there there's small little places you can eat constantly around it's not like australia or america where the distance between <laughs> humans is hundreds of kilometers everything is much more reasonably uh, Spaced. Spaced.
0: Yeah. Your, your tours are insane. Like you've been doing these tours where you cycle for one or two or three weeks and you go literally like 200 kilometers every night, right? Yeah, you, but that's You that used to cycle mistake. during the night and then <laughs> sleep during the day.
2: <laughs> we did some, her- we thought we were young and we were also like two guys were like, yeah, we can cycle that far in a day. Like why does that, sure, if you can do it, I can do it. And then we realize that we don't have to kill ourselves every day. We can also have a great time and just ride far, but not destroy ourselves. And that's when uh, there's like a fine balance between the distance that you can go in a day while still being able to enjoy your lunches and your breaks and not think like we really have to go. Otherwise, we're not going to get there until 10 o'clock. But yeah, they were some fun, some fun tours, which had. Yeah, the last one was a few years ago, actually.
1: Okay, so that actually leads to like a good point of like these tours or whatnot, biking with other people. What are some good biking groups um, in Berlin?
2: Hmm, I'm not sure about the organ. I'm not sure if there's. I mean, there are probably Facebook groups for organized biking tours. I'm unsure.
0: You know what uh, just occurs to me? There's this um, organize, not even organization. This concept called critical mass and that's really cool so basically this all originated from kind of an obscure law or paragraph in kind of the road regulations in germany where it says basically when there's a red light and a vehicle has started passing the Green, started passing the intersection when the light was green and then the light turns red and the vehicle, because it's long, is still passing, that's fine. And the other thing is that if you're, I think, five or more bikes Mm -hmm. in a group, you're cycling together as a group and you're five or more bikes, you count as one vehicle, essentially. And someone (laughs) thought, hmm, what if we took this a little further? And they organized these events called critical mass, where they would just kind of on very short notice or almost, I think, without any organization in advance, um, said, okay, now we'll all cycle together now. Like everybody come here, it's time for critical mass and you would have these impromptu bike rides with hundreds if not thousands of people. I was at a few of them sometimes by accident because I was just like cycling home from work and I all of a sudden there's like hundreds of people passing me and all the cars are like stopped in their tracks and I would just cycle with them and it's just an, an insane feeling. It's just like you're it's taking over the city.
2: Yeah, you're riding through parts of the city that normally you wouldn't be riding on. I think they even ride on the autobahns and go through the tunnels and do things that they're not.
0: Ooh, yeah, so not really normally allowed to do. <laughs> yeah.
2: I feel in. I did it in London a few times, and there it was much less official. It didn't have police everywhere. I think in Berlin, it's nowadays a they, little bit more. I guess organized. it's not
0: so impromptu anymore. Nowadays, they the police is there to kind of make sure it's safe. But it used to be like this here too, where they would just start and mm. just, yeah, cause <laughs> trouble. Yeah.
2: I think, yeah, there must be groups that you can, um, Facebook has a lot of groups, it pains me to say, that are quite handy (laughs) for
1: meeting people. Honestly, I found a lot of good things off of Facebook. I mean, aside from all Mm. of Facebook's drama, but like in in terms of when it comes to like finding different groups or finding different events, like Facebook groups have been a lifesaver for me.
2: Yeah finding events on if you can find events when you go to these events they'll also be full of other people who are looking to meet people as well so that that's probably a good that's idea true. there's also these communal bike uh, workshops so if you don't have i've struggled a lot like something that me and Hans used to do a lot was struggle really hard to do a thing with the incorrect tool for hours hours and hours we would struggle and then we would take it to a bike shop where they had the tool. And the guy would do it in literally five seconds. Mm. And so having the correct tool for the job is so key. And these places, these free workshops where you go and they'll help you uh, repair your bike or you know lend you the tool uh, are a lifesaver.
0: That's a good point. And I want to say, I learned this from you, is if you're not like a crazy bike enthusiast, but you want to be able to do minor things yourself, get one of those multi-tools mm. um, that has like the... 10 most important things that you'll need for most of the things in like one handy tool that you can also take with you when you're doing a trip. Uh, that's super handy. And I mean, you started off earlier by talking about a bad experience in a bike shop. Um, I will say I've had some really good experiences with bike shops also in Berlin. There are some really amazing shops where you can feel that the people just do it for the love, right? Like I've even gone mm. to places where it feels like they fix something and they're like no no it's fine like you don't need to pay kind of because it was such a small job like it's maybe it's not the norm and I don't necessarily have like a list of recommended recommendations or recommended shops but I would say wherever you end up living try to find your bike shop and don't settle for the the big one or the first one you see because that one might be shit and it might be the tiny one that doesn't even have a sign outside that's kind of the good one
2: yeah I would say that, yeah. Shop around until you find somewhere you're comfortable with and they can be grumpy old men, but they can also be great non-grumpy old men (laughs) who will help you and want to help and will lend you tools if you need or will uh, teach you a thing or two. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I have one more question and this is probably my biggest question. So I'm a techie. I love technology. I love like anything like that. What do you guys think about e-bikes and li- like those types of things or like electronic scooters or whatnot?
2: I'm not a sh- p- p- scooter fan.
0: No, the scooters are a problem. I mean, I've used them. I even just used one last week because I went to the supermarket here and i went outside and my backpack was so heavy and there was a scooter right in front of the shop i was like what if i just stand on this scooter and ride home and so i get it but first of all every time i see people riding i'm like it looks so dangerous like Mm -hmm. you shouldn't be riding at that speed with wheels that are that tiny that close to like the real traffic i don't know they look incredibly dangerous and the biggest problem is that they're just lying around, places. yeah. Like they're crash constantly the street. on the bike lane everywhere. So they are a problem, and I would actually be in favor of kind of like outlawing kind of the the rental services. The,
2: I mean, the rental—I would say the rental bikes. Right. That's the thing. They're a little bit better. No, the, those are good. Um, I have
0: all of the the different apps. So the the expensive ones are the e-bikes, like the. Mm. It used to be Uber, now it's Lime. Yeah,
2: I love them. They're pricey, it's but. Slightly problematic, but they're. they're yeah. yeah, they're fast,
0: like, because they're e bikes. And so. they f-
2: it feels like you're driving a tank. So if you aren't, <laughs> yeah. if you don't feel confident on a bike, get on one of these. At first, it's almost, it feels a little bit temperamental, like a horse, you know? It's like, <laughs> it's like whoa, it's like you realize that there's a little bit of power there. But it's once true. you get going, it is really unstoppable.
0: That's true, and I would just say like get all the apps because I also have Donkey Republic, I have uh, Nextbike, I, I think have there's a good bike. One. this
2: Yelby, which like mor- morphs them all into Ooh, one. What's that called? Yelby, J E L B I, and this is a an app that which, shows you all the bikes, the bikes, but also public transport, and I think you can even buy a ticket. For the trains and things through this app,
0: ah, and it's run by BVG, so it's, it's run, run by Berliner. Yeah. B- okay.
2: And so that will kind of you're in one spot and you can see all the different brands that are close to you, and it really allows you to, you know, yeah. And get it is around.
0: true. Like the good thing in Berlin is wherever you are and whenever, like, there's never a moment where you are not able to move around. Because, like, I honestly, mm-hmm. I have all the apps. I have all the car sharing services. I have the electric scooters, which are also Fun, I must say, and the good thing about them is that you don't have to find parking because you can just park yeah. them on the sidewalk. And but then they're the bicycle—they're so silent; they sneak up on you out of yeah, nowhere. Yeah, they're, very, they're electric, so they're very quiet. And then the bicycle apps—I almost never use because you know I have my bicycle, but they're good. And especially like if you have a visitor, someone's visiting you, uh, you can just use the app because they're cheap as well, and they constantly give you like free minutes and stuff. And so if you're just visiting Berlin for a few days or you don't want to deal with finding a bike in the beginning, just use those
2: apps. Yeah. Like, it's Milk fine. these venture capitalists for all of them three yes. <laughs> minutes, and then they'll <laughs> yes. eventually fold into some other company and then uh, someone else will come along.
0: And then just park the bike somewhere sensibly and don't just like throw it on mm. the sidewalk because that seems to be a thing, people.
1: Do. Yes, let's all have nice bike etiquette, I think. Yeah, That's bike the least etiquette we can is definitely a thing. We live in a
2: society.
1: <laughs> yes. Well, I honestly, after this conversation, honestly, I mean, I was always thinking about getting a bike, but definitely you, you guys have convinced me to mainly look into that. Also, because I mean, I'm not that big of a fan of 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 driving, and I like to walk. But I think biking, I think, is like my medium. So when I mm. get there, I will be. Um, getting y'all's like actual one-on-one help. So maybe that could be like a part two of like Jay actually getting a bike. <laughs> For That'll sure. Actually ride. getting a bike. <laughs> yeah. But um, it was great to meet you, Jack. Uh, e-meet e- you, virtually meet you. like e- meet you. Talk to you, <laughs>
2: E-meet you. E-meet you. E- I feel like there Don't should be a e- better meet. term. No, I feel like there should be a I better term I just recently
0: got me. an email from someone who said, nice to E-meet you. E-meet and you. I was like,
2: maybe we should stop <laughs> this relationship in its tracks. We E-harward will not be friends. Like, God. We will not be continuing. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Because I think, no, I think another word for it makes sense because when people say, like, oh, it's nice to meet you, I'm like, we have chatted for two seconds.
1: <laughs> you don't know me. I don't know 100% you.
2: electronically We haven't met. But actually, maybe I shouldn't be so cynical. Uh,
1: yeah. Virtually me. It's, it's great to be in the atmosphere with I you. With An atmosphere. Oh my God. <laughs> uh all
2: right. No, it was great. Thank you so much for all of the questions that I think when we listen back, I will have answered none of them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, you answered all of them. Like, I have a good picture. Mm-hmm.
2: All I want to <laughs> say is just get a bike and ride in Berlin. It makes the most sense. Just not January, February.